Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try Formally today. Sugar free, cause all truth, no lies, the only way to be. No more sugar in our lives, now we're living free. Hey! Now change up the flow, but we hit season two, gotta relive the show. Season one was going in, now we're hitting it again. Having fun with all my friends, going strong until the no end. Remix, me girl, me girl, how you like it, T? You, like you know it's sugar free. You know it's sugar free. Y'all miss me? Good, good. Everyone loves to be missed. Because I missed you too. It has been such a long and exhausting week, hasn't it? But I still look forward to our time together every single week. So this episode, I want to start with telling y'all something funny. So can I tell y'all something funny I saw the other day? So the other day, I'm scrolling through my timeline and I see an advertisement for something called a bump box. Yeah, that's what I said, a bump box, okay? Now, the thing looked like a boom box. Now, I know y'all know what a boom box is. So for all the millennials out there, I know y'all know what a boom box is. But for the rest of y'all, I need y'all to Google Radio Raheem for instructions, okay? And that will direct you to what I'm talking about. But for reference, a boom box, well, and I guess also a bump box, is a large, oversized, obnoxious radio that used to play mostly cassettes. I think that boom boxes were still around when CDs started to come around. But by the time we really started to get into CDs, which was like early, like 94, 95, mid 90s, I wasn't really seeing too many more boom boxes at that time. But they played cassettes mostly. And it was this large, obnoxious-looking radio that was all the rage in the late 80s to mid-90s. And it became the premier way to listen to your music. You were so cool if you had a boombox. So these things were known for not only being large, but also real loud. Hence the name boombox. And so they were perfect for playing music outside, at a party, or anywhere you wanted to go. You could literally take them anywhere because these things ran on batteries instead of having to plug it up into the wall. So it was monumentally significant that you could take this thing anywhere similar to the Walkmans that we used to have back in the day, right? And so the Walkmans that were the smaller version of the boombox, but it was monumental crazy unheard of that now you could start to take your music anywhere and so for the younger generations think the earliest version or stage of an ipod is what a walkman was and a boombox was an obnoxiously large version of that right right okay so now that you kind of get an idea for what it is let me go ahead and explain to y'all what i guess this bump box thing is Okay, <laughs> so apparently it's supposed to be like a nostalgic throwback to boom boxes that is an obnoxiously large Bluetooth speaker. So that's really all that it was. And you can connect it to your phone 
which I just thought was insane because in the age of everything being smaller, cuter, faster, sleeker, I'm not sure how this one is going to shake out in terms of success, but maybe it's catching on. I don't know, but I'm gonna go ahead and just wish these people well because at $400 a pop, I am good, love, okay? Enjoy. I just had to share that with y'all because I just thought it was so funny. I haven't seen a bump box, boom box, whatever since MC Hammer days. So, you know, to see people marketing this as this new cool thing just kind of blew my mind. And I just thought that y'all would want to hear about it as well because everything that was old don't need to be made new again. Some things, they need to stay right where you found it, okay? Uh, I was looking at something a few months ago and I saw somebody trying to sell some jelly sandals. And I was like, why, Lord, why? Why can't we leave those things right in 1995? where they belong okay y'all remember them jelly sandals and i'm from las vegas nevada so when i was growing up you could only wear them about two three good times for them things melting on the street okay we need to leave the jellies the butterfly clips all of that right where we found them okay that's my psa for today so anywho speaking of things making a comeback speaking of things that are old and can be made new again are y'all ready for this week's rerun episode? <laughs> yes, y'all knew that's where I was going with this, right? Everything old can be made new again, the remix, yes. So good, because we are taking it all the way back today to an oldie but a goodie, just like them daggone bump boxes, with the very first episode of the Sugar Free Podcast, maintaining real friends with Christina Braxton. The energy for this show when we were taping was absolutely electric and anxious okay i was so nervous y'all i had no idea what i was doing so a little fun fact this episode in its entirety was over two hours long yes two hours long me and christina really just sat here chit-chatting and kikiing like the tape wasn't even rolling for two hours we ended up having to break the episode down into two separate episodes which is how we got the part one and part two to spare y'all because i knew y'all didn't want to sit here and listen to us gabbing for just a solid two plus hours and so i also cut over 30 minutes of audio in the editing process right Whew, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know what I was doing. At this point, I can edit videos and audio so quick because I'm so much better at asking my questions, getting to my points. We ain't doing no two-hour taping sessions no more because I'm better. But for that first episode, we just stumbled our way through it and we stumbled our way on to magic. Ugh, when I look back on that episode, I both smile and I cringe. I smile because I'm so proud of myself for getting started. I've told y'all a million times, but starting this podcast has been a dream of mine for so, so long. And so I was just really proud that I had finally taken that first step. Even when I didn't know exactly what I was doing, even when it was messy, even when it didn't sound all the way right, I didn't let any of those things stop me from moving forward. Now I cringe because I clearly didn't know what I was doing. It was messy and it didn't sound all the way right. But look at me now, friends, we out here, okay? So I just want that to motivate somebody today to get started on whatever it is that's on your heart. Even if it's messy, even if it's clunky, even if it's not all the way right, at least you will have gotten started and you will have a wonderful story to tell, okay? Ain't no story if you ain't writing. All right, get to work. Done is better than perfect every single time. All right, so now that the soapbox is out the way, let me get back to talking about the topic for the week, which is maintaining real friendships. So during this episode, Christina and I talked a lot about how the different phases and stages we find ourselves in can make it really difficult to maintain our adult friendships when we find that our friends are in much different stations than we are. We discuss how this shows up everywhere from brunch to birthday dinners to nights on the town. But now that I've had a couple minutes to think about it, I want to add a couple more things to this list, okay? 
get your pens and your pencils ready friends all right because this is this is the one right here all right the couple of things that i need to add to this list are weddings and baby showers if y'all thought brunch threatened to break up a few of my friendships weddings and baby showers is next on the list so now look i really love really really love y'all and I'm so happy that y'all have found love in the form of these weddings and that love has manifested into the birth of these children. But let me tell y'all, at the rate at which y'all getting married and having these children, y'all trying to put me in a daggone poorhouse, okay? And I ain't having it. Okay, I ain't having it. Now look, friends, I'm going to go ahead and say the thing you're not supposed to say. And I'm going to say it so you don't have to, okay? Because that's what I do, all right? So listen up close, okay? This, this is what I'm going to say. Please do not expect my attendance at no more weddings or baby parties till 2025, okay? That's it. I'm tapped out. I ain't doing no more. The kitchen is closed. I ain't doing it. Now, if you want to invite me, cool. And for those select few people in this world, very few, okay? I might show up, maybe. I might even buy a gift. But if you ain't in that group, I love you, beloved. I really do. But I am poor, okay? Let me break it down for you. In the last year, I've been invited to seven weddings. Yes, friends, seven. And five baby showers. Now, I'm so genuinely excited, and I cannot say this enough. I am so genuinely excited and happy for all y'all to be moving on and up with your lives. But if I attended all these events, and let's say all I did was attend, pay for parking, and buy a $50 gift for each, that could easily have cost me over $1,000. $1,000 for children and husbands that ain't mine. Y'all know what I could do with that $1,000? a whole lot okay and that's just a bare minimum because some of y'all got registries that don't even have a 50 dollars rattle on it okay some of y'all want me to not only go to the baby shower and buy the baby a gift but y'all want me to do a sip and see and buy y'all a post baby gift a push gift and a blessing gift a christening gift and then y'all brides is just as bad okay y'all be having these bachelorette parties and some tropical locations and the bridal showers at the ritz carlton and the wedding in another destination and i'm looking at y'all invitation like is there a payment plan for this Y'all need to start offering some karma plans with y'all events, okay? This is just too much. And I can't, and I'm poor, and I'm tired, and I'm sorry. I love y'all, but I'm telling you right now, I cannot. I am done. And for all y'all who be like, oh, Sid, you so raggedy, because when you get married or when you have kids, uh, 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 let me stop you right there, friends, because if and when I do get married, what we not going to do is have no wedding you're welcome i'ma just pop up one day and be like bam i'm married and i'm not just doing it for me i'm doing it for you i'm looking out for all of us okay because i don't know if y'all realize this and this is going to step on a few toes this is going to hurt a few people's feelings right here but again i'm saying it so you don't have to but listen closely <clears throat> you do not need a wedding to be married now i'm gonna say it again because some of that might have went over some of y'all heads you do not need a wedding to be married okay there's nowhere in the constitution in the the uh laws and i'm a lawyer so i can tell you there's no law out there saying that you need to have a wedding to be married uh-uh you could just get married Whew. like i said i know that is gonna ruffle some feathers and it's okay. It's okay. Because we all about keeping it sugar free here. And as far as gifts for my poppy, because that's my future baby name, y'all. So as far as gifts for my poppy, only give poppy your gifts if you can do so cheerfully. If not, I will be fine. Okay? Because I, I'll have all them thousands of dollars I'm saving by not attending all y'all parties and weddings. Right? I can, I can have my own baby shower. Again... If and when I have a baby, I promise you, whatever baby shower gifts that were or could have been given, not going to make or break Poppy's life, okay? I got her, my mama got her, my sister got her, both my sisters got her, her future daddy will have her, her grandparents will have her, Poppy will be good, okay? Now, what she will need from you all, 
my village, my beloveds, is your love, your emotional support, your prayers, your wisdom. She will need all of that. You to watch her every now and again. But what she will not need is your coin. So no hurt feelings will be had if you decide, oh, Sid didn't come to my baby shower, so I'm not going to hers. Okay, that's cool. We good. We still good. I get it. Trust me. I understand. You will not. I'll be like, okay, girl. I'll catch you at the next no lawyer event or something because you're not going to catch me at the next wedding or baby shower. But you'll catch me next somewhere. I'll see you. Okay. It ain't going to be no big deal for me. And so with that, I will 100% own and stand in my truth as the raggedy friend. So no, y'all can't guilt me into no more stuff with the what about when you get there one day speech? Because me, my future baby, we good. And so for those who feel me on this, you're welcome because I just said it. So you didn't have to. So feel free to go on ahead and play this for a friend the next time they hit you with the but when about when you get there one day or don't you love me next time you get that just go ahead and play this for them okay i'm trying to save lives and friendships out there and so you just go ahead and let me tell them you don't have to tell them so i got you friend i love y'all i hope y'all continue to love me too in spite of or because of my raggedy and i also want y'all to know that again i am so genuinely happy for all this leveling up that y'all are doing i'm so genuinely happy for the love and the joy that you're finding i am so genuinely happy for the manifestation of your love in the form of your children that you are birthing i am so genuinely happy just leave me and my wallet out of it okay great love you friends Woo. That was a lot of tea for today, wasn't it? Now let's get back into this recap real quick so y'all can run this episode back, okay? So recap, during this episode, we started the conversation by discussing what have been the most challenging aspects of maintaining our adult friendships. And so we talked about how physical proximity can be a challenge when you're no longer in the same city, town, state as your friends. We also talked about how managing the different life stages and phases that you all find yourselves in in your mid 20s to early 30s and how lives and careers start to progress at different rates and so that can make it different difficult to maintain your adult friendships we also talked about how to manage and overcome comparison which as we all know is the thief of joy but it's something that we all do and how that comparing can sometimes expose insecurities that you may not even have realized you had when you notice your friends obtaining their dream jobs or hitting certain personal goals like having children finding love or getting married which may be things that you also aspire to do but maybe you haven't gotten there yet and so learning how to stop asking yourself when is it my turn or why isn't this happening for me and instead finding genuine happiness for your friends and maybe even finding new friends who can relate to where you are (laughs) right and so those insecurities don't become as exposed we also talked about how your financial or economic station in life can contribute to it being very difficult to manage or maintain your adult friendships and so as I you know explained in my very lengthy intro today when you the broke friend it's difficult (laughs) even uh something as small as a birthday dinner or a wedding or a brunch can threaten your relationship when you're finding that your friends want to go places and do things that you just simply can't afford and then we end it with how much time do you actually get to spend with your friends as an adult with everything that you have to do in a day in a week in a month sometimes it can be difficult to carve out the same amount of time that you had before and that's okay Real adult friendships are all about maintaining grace and flexibility and understanding where people are and doing your best to meet them where you are. So if you found that your adult friendships are waning a little bit in terms of your abilities to spend time together, that is normal. And so the way to manage your friendships through that is just be patient, have grace and mind your business. Okay. 
So with that wonderful recap, it's time to get into this episode, friends. It's time to hear from our amazing guest, Miss Christina Braxton, who joined us for not just this episode, but the next one as well. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation. It was one of my favorites and, of course, one of my firsts. Until next week, my friends, where we will get together one more time for plenty of laughs, plenty of love, and of course, plenty of the most exquisite tea that's 100% sugar-free. Hey, friends. My name is Sydney Mack, and welcome to the very first episode of the Sugar Free Podcast. So I'm sure you're asking yourself, what is sugar-free? Sugar-free is my way of describing a real, honest conversation that doesn't have any sugar in it. So you know how we like to say, oh, girl, I got some tea for you, right? And so here at the Sugar-Free Podcast, we're going to be spilling plenty of tea, but it's going to be 100% sugar-free all the time. Are you ready? I know I am so ready to jump right into today's topic, which is maintaining real friendships. So today, as an adult, life is hard. We have so many competing priorities and responsibilities that sometimes it can be really difficult to maintain your friendships. And your friendships are arguably some of the most important relationships in your life. Somebody once said that friends are the family that you get to choose. This means that they are the people that you have some of your closest and authentic and real sincere relationships with of your choosing. And because we get to choose them, we can also get to choose if we want to have them or not, right? We have to work really, really hard to maintain those relationships because we're not bonded for life like family. If we don't stay in touch, friendship kind of disappears. So today, we're going to discuss how to maintain those adult relationships amidst trying to work a full-time job, maybe working a part-time job on top of your full-time job because the hustle and the struggle is real, but that's a whole nother episode. Trying to be healthy, maintain your mental and physical health, right? Working out, drinking your water, trying to have a whole hot girl summer. It's hard. And then I have a dog. I don't know if you have children, but trying to keep the dog alive is a part-time job on top of the full-time and the part-time job. So there's just a lot of demands on our time. And so today we're going to be discussing how you maintain some of the most real, authentic, and important relationships in your life amid all the competing priorities that we have to deal with as working boss adults. So to flesh out this topic and issue... I have my girl, Christina Braxton, joining me today. And so I'm going to allow Christina to jump right in and introduce herself because I believe that the best person to introduce you is you. So I don't want to waste any time with introductions. I'm going to go ahead and allow her to introduce herself. Welcome, Christina. Thank you for having me, Sydney. Um, my name is Christina Braxton. I am from Franklin, Tennessee, a suburb of Nashville, Tennessee. I work in the sports licensing industry. So it's a lot of fun what I get to do um, every single day, which I think is important to love what you do each day so it doesn't feel like work. Uh, I went to Howard University for undergrad and got my degree in broadcast journalism with a minor in political science. And then we won't I hold that against you. <laughs> I got my face. Hello. And then I got my master's degree in sports industry management at Georgetown University. Awesome. Well, we are so excited to have a fellow boss lady on this show to talk to us about how you maintain adult friendships and relationships. So I'm just going to get right into it. So yeah. how have you, uh, well, what's been the biggest most difficult challenge in maintaining your adult friendships after college? Because I feel like in college, we're all kind of in the same place, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> and then after college, 
maintaining your friendships requires a little bit more effort because you're not literally across the hall from your friends. You're not sitting in class with them every day. So what has been the biggest challenge for maintaining those adult friendships post-college? Yeah, it's pretty much that, the distance, just not being in the same city with my friends. And the crazy thing is I'm one of the few that stayed in the D.C. area. And one of my friends that was here, she has now moved away. And so it's just kind of weird that I'm the lone survivor that is still here. Um, You have to work twice as hard to maintain those friendships. And it has to be both ways where everyone's equally reaching out. Because if you find that you're the only one that's reaching out, then you're going to feel some kind of resentment because you're like, I'm putting in all the work in the friendship. So you learn who your true friends are. That's one thing I do know once you get out of college because you have to work that much harder to keep your friendships. So I have friends that are really close to me across the country from here all the way to the West Coast. And so I think it's harder with the West Coast ones because of the time differences. And when they're getting off of work, I'm getting ready to go to bed so I can start work the next day. So it's more of let's talk on Friday night when you're off on the phone or whatever, FaceTime. But you just you have to make sure that you if you really care about those friends, that you're making the effort to stay in touch. And social media is a big help with that. Uh, Being able to tag friends and talk to them when you talk to them on a tweet they sent you or a TikTok or Instagram whatever it might be. I know that's helpful because at least you can say I talked to that person the other day or earlier today to where you don't feel like you're going weeks without speaking. But to your point in college, you're just kind of put together and you get to hang out. Same with elementary through high school. You know, you're like friendships are forced. And so you don't really have to work for them. But it's after college when you you learn like this is a job, but a good job because they're your friends. Is it a good job? No, <laughs> they don't pay me. Do they pay you? They pay me in love. (laughs) (laughs) I like to be paid in coin. I know that's right. All my friends out there, if you're listening, you know how you can show me you value me. Okay. With love and coin. (laughs) (laughs) If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So for me, I feel like the biggest challenge in maintaining my adult friendships post-college is not necessarily us not being in the same place physically. Mm -hmm. I think it's been us not being in the same place just in our lives. Yeah. And so there, in college, not only are you in the same place in terms of your proximity to one another, but you're also in the same exact place in your life. You're all in school. You're all poor. You're all (laughs) broke. You're all struggling. Most of you don't have any kids or a significant other. And so I feel like as I've gotten older, I've noticed my friends' lives have all progressed at different paces and rates than mine. And that has probably been the most significant challenge for me just because I feel like I've always been this person that's always wanted kids Mm -hmm. and a husband and all of these different things. And when those things were happening for my friends and they weren't happening for me, I mean, this is a real transparent, honest moment. Right. I felt, I don't want to say jealous, but I felt some kind of way. Like it made me feel less secure in where I was at in my life. It was an insecurity. That's a better, a better word. It, it, it yeah. exposed an insecurity that I had. And it made me question like, why aren't these things happening for me? Like, when is it going to be my turn? And I will say that my friends did nothing to make me feel that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they never rubbed where they were at in their lives in my face or anything like that. But just my own insecurity made it a little bit more difficult for me to maintain those friendships. Um, I felt like I wanted to have more friends that were where I was at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. my life and could relate to the things that I was going through. And I feel like that was probably the most difficult challenge is how do we navigate these shifts in life mm-hmm. and us all being in different places? Have you kind of experienced that as well? Or you're just like, oh, girl, you good. We good. No, I I totally, I totally hear you and get where you're coming from, because especially when you first get out of college, 
everyone's doing different things. So if you're going to law school, you know, you have a few more years of school. So obviously things are different financially. Me, I went to my master's program. It was a year and a half, but I was able to have my five years like be done pretty quickly. It wasn't like I kind of had to wait to start working. And then if you're going to med school, it's like, that's a whole other thing where it's like you have all these different staggers or not staggers, but you're staggered with where you are in your career. And so everyone's different. And I think that sweet spot is when we're first out of college, those first few years, because you're kind of like, oh, everyone's in the same space. Like no one's buying houses, no one's doing this and that. And everyone kind of feels good about it. And you can still live life. You can enjoy your 20s and that type of thing. But it's when you start getting to your mid 20s, where it's like, okay. Now there are some people who graduate college and they start at six figures. I have plenty of friends that did that, whether they were engineers, architects from B school or whatever it might be. But for the most part, we were all pretty level. But in the mid 20s, mid to late 20s, that's when I saw people starting to buy houses and getting married and settling down. And that's when you start to see that everyone's in a different space. And don't let you have two incomes coming in the house. That's a whole other thing. I'm like, I'm trying to experience that too. Like, well, you can just go out and do this and buy that and not have to worry. Um, but it's just, it's an interesting just time to think about. And no one really talks about that. How your friendships are going to change in that time from like 22, 21 to 23 when you're graduating college until your 30s, your early 30s, where life changes so much in such a different way. And when you look at your friends, there can be that jealousy. Like I have that sometimes I'm like, Insecurity, wow. insecure. Yeah, let's say that. No, thank you. I like that you said that because I don't think that it's jealousy because I'm happy for my friends and I'm happy that Absolutely. they're able to do what they do. But I'll look at those people traveling and I'm like, wow, I want to do that. And so then I have these friend, gorgeous husbands that I went with the gorgeous husband. Where's my husband at? <laughs> I'm looking, I am looking. To your point, like, right, I'm totally happy for my friends and I, I want them to live in that space. And mm -hmm. I'm sure they would be more than happy to help me get there. But I am the type of person where I like to figure things out on my own. Mm -hmm. And until I really have a good handle, because at the time when I had these feelings, now that I'm talking about them, I've had enough time to sort through them. Mm -hmm. But when I had the feelings, I, I don't even know that I could have properly articulated them to my right. friend to right. even let them know that's where I was. And so mm -hmm. I really just had to kind of work through that insecurity on my own and, and figure it out. And I realized once I figured it out, I still wanted new friends. Right, right. <laughs> uh, not because I didn't love my friends the same, but mm -hmm. again, I really wanted friends that were in the same space that I was in. Right. Like I still wanted to be single and live the single life. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to the bar or the club and not feel bad about entertaining men at the bar or club mm -hmm. or have my friend feel in an uncomfortable position because she don't want to be a wing woman now because she got a whole husband at home. I need a wing woman. Right. Right. That's, right. Like, yes. that's what I want. I, I want friends that can hang out at the drop of a hat because mm -hmm. when you have friends who are moms, they don't have the ability to just say, oh, it's, it's Friday at 6 p.m. because I'm not a schedule. Right, right. Like you could schedule something with me two weeks out and in a day I would be like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> like I don't I feel like it mm -hmm. girl right I don't feel like it and that's yeah. me and so mm -hmm. the best time to catch me is like oh it's Friday I'm feeling a little jazzy like uh, meet me out somewhere girl right but it's difficult to do that with people who have children they right. have schedules they have to get a sitter and so when I finally pinpointed what I needed out of my friendships um not necessarily long-term because you have different types of friendships, right? But right, what I needed right. out of, you know, my friendships that I wasn't getting, which is why I needed to find some friends who could give me some of those things that I wasn't getting in my old friendships was mm -hmm. somebody to hang out with me. Somebody right. to talk about how raggedy these dudes are out here, right? Mm -hmm. Like somebody to talk to me about the things that were relevant in my life. And right. 
I encouraged my friends to do the same. I was like, we will still be friends. I love you, but you also need new friends that can meet you where you are because mm-hmm. sometimes you can do your best to meet somebody where they are, but I, I don't know what it means to be a mother or a wife. Right, right. I've never been there before. So there's only so much meeting in the middle I can do with you there. And so Mm -hmm. to help you navigate the station of life that you're in, I was like, y'all need new friends too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It don't mean I'm getting rid of you or I love you any less. It's just friendships are about helping you to navigate life. Right. Like, yeah. People that you can talk to people that you relate to. And it's just some, sometimes in my friendships, it came a point where I just don't know if I'm the best person to, to meet all of these needs in your mm. life anymore. Mm. And I don't know that you're the best person to meet all the needs that I have in my yeah. life and what I need for my friends. And so, you know, reflection. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I love you, boo, but don't bring your kids to my parties. Yeah. Uh, don't bring your kids to the bar. Don't bring your husband to the bar. I'm tired of going to all these daggone children's parties. I want to be unapologetic in my single childless adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's hard for some people to understand. Um, I think people, when they change their life and their life becomes what it is, they expect others to adapt to that. And it's like, no, I'm still over here single and childless. It is awkward. And so the other thing you mentioned about the benefits of a spouse is getting that dual income, Mm -hmm. having a little bit more cash. That was an issue with my friends too. Not necessarily that they had a dual income because I still have plenty of single friends as well. Mm -hmm. But even as a lawyer, the trajectory of your career can progress at a different rate. And most of my close girlfriends, we either went to college together or law school together. Okay. And so a lot of them got big firm jobs, Mm. big law jobs. So they came out of law school making six figures. That wasn't my life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't where I was. My first uh, and second job at a law school, I was making $50,000, $60,000 a year as a lawyer. That's a Mm -hmm. whole other conversation Mm because I think people go to law school and they think they're going to be rich. (laughs) That's not true. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so I was like, why did somebody tell me I went here so that I could be Olivia Pope, get my flashy suit, wear my white hat. Right. Dior. I thought my right. white hat was going to be Dior. Nobody told me my white hat was going to be from JCPenney because that's all I could afford. OK, right. right. So that that wasn't my life. Like I want my, my money. Back. I don't know. Girl, and I don't even know that it's my life now. I'm mm-hmm. six years into practice and I still am not where I want to be financially mm-hmm. but when when people pick brunch spots or where are we gonna go it's like why can't we pick someplace I can't afford I don't want to yeah. spend half of my rent on brunch and you know brunch is an Olympic sport in places like DC and yes. Atlanta girls yes. <laughs> people they yes. need the the hoopla the the after five attire we gotta have live music everybody mm-hmm. gotta see and be seen we gotta have bottomless mimosas we gotta have bellinis we gotta have it and you gotta get from place to place with a ride chair uber lift or whatever it might be that's another one or parking or parking and then you want to hang out all afternoon. Like brunch could easily run 50 to $70, $75 a ticket in Atlanta. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't afford that. Yeah. Right. And so my friends are like, well, this is where we want to go. Why do you always, why are you always the one that don't want to do it? And I'm like, well, I don't want to stop you from right. going. Like I am excited that you are at a place in your life where you can afford that but that ain't mm-hmm. where I'm at okay yeah. where I'm at is IHOP and so either you gonna meet me at IHOP or I'm going to IHOP and you going to brunch because I can't afford where you're at and so that to me is another example of may- it being potentially difficult to meet people where they are because I want my friends to be unapologetic right in their mm-hmm. bossness like I, I don't yeah want to- feel like you got to eat IHOP because that's what I can afford because mm-hmm. I get to the boss level 
I'm not going to be eating it. I ha- right. Like I'm just mm-hmm. not there yet. And so it can be difficult meeting friends in the middle, figuring that out. And that was like mm-hmm. another rift because I was right. always the one where I didn't w- either want to go out, like let's stay in, or I didn't want to go where everyone else wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And so, that, uh, yeah. What do you do? It, it And it's super interesting too, because when you say that, I kind of think of birthday dinners as well. Ooh. So when people want to get dressed up and go out to dinner for their birthday and you're going to Mastro's, everyone can't afford a Mastro's. And even if you're going and let's say five girls going, y'all split the check five ways, that could easily be $200 per person for someone else's birthday dinner and you're paying for the birthday girl. And so it's like, Oh, y'all are good friends. (laughs) I'm using that as a total example, okay? (laughs) I just assume, you know, or you should not assume that everyone can afford that. And so I totally understand when you're thinking of yourself and where you want to go for your birthday to celebrate and things like that. But if you want other people to come, and most people who have common courtesy and etiquette will know we're paying for the birthday girl and she gets as many drinks as she wants. She gets to eat what she wants, but that comes at a price. <laughs> you just don't want people to have to, to carry that burden. And you shouldn't have to tell them that, that you can't afford. Like friends should understand to where you don't have to feel uncomfortable or anything like that. And that's well, what people... I'll say this. I don't yeah. know if my friends didn't understand. Okay. I just feel like there's a certain cachet that comes mm-hmm. along with oh, being a, lo- yeah. a lawyer. Got it. Yep. And I didn't necessarily share all of my financial business, right? And but, you didn't have to. <laughs> but I feel like people assume that because of what I do, mm. I have the money. <laughs> right. You got it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. especially because they have it like that and we all right. went to school together, like there's right. this assumption. I think that we all got it like that mm-hmm. and we don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you raise a really good point. And that's true. I guess when you're looking at someone, you're like, she's an attorney. She don't have to worry. She'll want to go here. That's a good point. So maybe it's just speaking up to someone on the side. Like if you're in a group chat, maybe go to someone on the side and say, Hey, this is really out of budget. I can't afford it. And I know that's a lot for people to do. So I said it the other week, actually, when we were going to try to figure out where we were going to get lunch with a couple of my friends and we were talking about going to national Harbor. And I was like, every time I go there, the parking is drama. It's 25 to $30 just to park in the garage. And I hate wasting money on parking, Mm. especially with where you're going. I'm like, it's one thing if you're at a concert or something like that, but just for lunch to pay $30 to park, I was like, no, thank you. So I just had to be vocal about it. But I also think about this when friends come in town to visit you, you have to be understanding because that's an investment on both sides. You know, the person who lives there that you're visiting, it's like, I normally don't do this, but you want your friend to have a good time. And you know that that's going to be an investment from getting um, restaurants that you want to go to and making sure that they're having a good time there. If you go out to a club or anything, the drinks you're spending there, keeping your fridge stocked with stuff. So there are things at the house all the things that go into that, it's an investment. And so you have to be mindful of that too. If you're going to visit a friend and you know that they might not be in the same space that you are, be mindful of that. So then you're not saying, oh, let's go eat at this restaurant that is basically Michelin star level. And then they're like, (laughs) so the rent is due in a few days. Uh, That just happened to my friend. She had some people come and visit in LA and they went here and there and everywhere going to all the hot spots in LA and one restaurant alone, she was telling me she spent over a hundred and something dollars just for dinner, just for herself, just for herself. And she was like, we just started. And they, cause the people went to have a good time and they were going to all these spots. And I was just like, Oh, and it was like something, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, evening out, all that kind of stuff. And you love when your friends visit you and it's super important to do that as adults. And it's nice because you can somewhat afford to go visit your friends uh, as an adult. But another thing you have to be right. Another thing you have to be mindful of is that there's an investment on both sides when you are visiting your friends. That is such a good point. You such a good friend. Cause if my <laughs> friend, 
<laughs> I'm like, look, if you come into town, you tell me what you expect, because if Smart. I can't deliver, I'm going to let you know up front. And so maybe I'm not the friend you need to stay with. If if you got a line sister down the street <laughs> who can show you the good time you're looking for, you should go stay with her because yeah. all I can offer is a bed and a roof. and we can maybe hang out and this kind of flows right into the next topic how much Mm -hmm. time should you spend with your friends or do you spend with your Mm -hmm. friends because I feel like some of these things in my mid-20s even into my late 20s kind of caused me to not spend as much time with my friends right and I'm a very proud person. So I feel like there are very few of my friends, even my close ones that I feel comfortable sharing certain things about my life with. And so I would not say why I wouldn't want to go. I would just say, Oh, I'm, I'm tired or I'm busy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it wouldn't be, sometimes it would be, I was tired of busy. Yeah. But sometimes it would just be, I'm broke. Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. I know you all want to do X and I just can't do that. Or I know that your husbands are going to be there and I don't want to do that. And so I just kind of, we naturally started spending less and less time together. And on top of the demands from work, like Mm -hmm. some days you do be busy because work is a lot, right? Right. Like even if as a lawyer, you're not making a ton of money, the demands on your time are probably still very similar. Right. Your friends are. And so it's just like, sometimes that would be the case, but I've naturally noticed that as an adult, I spend considerably more time by myself than I spend with my friends. I agree. And I think you probably saw it more in this pandemic too, just how much time you spend alone. And I think my story is a little different because none of my like best friends are here to where I can say, Hey girl, come over, let's watch the bachelor or whatever we're going to watch. Like we can't, I can't just do that. So I feel like when I hang out with my friends that are still in the area, it's very one-offish. So I meet up with a friend to go get tacos and tequila one day. And maybe we do that once a month or something like that. But I feel like I am with myself more than anything. And I'm a little bit opposite of you where I'll just say, I don't want to go because I'm really big on my battery being full. Like I get recharged by being alone. Some people get their energy and get recharged by being around others. And I think a lot of my friends are like that. I'm totally separate. So when I see people on social media going here and there and everywhere, I'm like, how do you have the energy to do all of that? Because I'll sit home and tell you, no, thank you. I don't want to go. And I will legit be at home on this couch watching TV or scrolling on my phone, doing something or reading. Like I'm not really trying to, to go out because I'm already tired from the day, especially on a Friday night, Friday night. It's a hit or miss. It's a sweet spot, but it's not. If I'm not exhausted from work, like now that it's summer and we have summer Fridays, I'm all for let's get after it because I'm done at one. I can probably take a quick nap if I know I'm going out or something like that. But if it's been a long week and I work till six on a Friday, I'm like, how am I going to go out? But then I like it because then if I go out Friday, I don't go out Saturday or Sunday and I can recharge. See, I'm the complete opposite. Friday is the best day to catch me. Really? Girl, yes. Because once I hit, once I'm in, I'm in. Oh, true. Okay. And so I can go straight from work, already be dressed, or maybe like put a little extra lipstick on in the Mm -hmm. bathroom at work, and then I can just go and then come home. It's difficult to get me back out (laughs) once I'm at the house. That part. That's true, though. (laughs) Don't get come. Don't be in comfy clothes either. Girl. And the makeups come off. Once the makeup's off, I'm off. Okay, like Girl. it's not coming back on today. <laughs> and in Atlanta, so I don't live far from Atlanta. Okay, like I live in a in a suburb, still like maybe 20 minutes from downtown. But with mm-hmm. Atlanta traffic, 20 Ooh. minutes could turn into an hour, like that. Right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't know if I want to get back in the car. I don't know if I want to drive. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, I'm already at the house. So it's going to be considerably 
more difficult to get me to go out when I'm already at the house. And at this stage in my life, I do have a incredible boyfriend. So I'm like, but even before that, like, I'm like, well, I can, I can talk to somebody right here at the crib. Yeah. See, (laughs) I think I would be more willing to go out if I had a boyfriend, because then it's like somebody that's like, oh, let's do this or that. And I'm like, oh, that's not a bad idea. And you already know the person you're going with, you know what you guys can talk about. Nothing's forced or anything. I'd probably be more into that. But when it's like a plan or there's a group and there's a lot of logistics, that's when I'm like, do you really want to commit to this? Like, is this something you really want to do? But then it's like, you don't want to seem antisocial and like you don't hang out with your friends and my friends know, invite me. I'm probably going to say I'm not coming, but I still want the invitation. Okay. Um, I try, especially now that we're coming out of being on lockdown for a year, over a year, I'm more willing to do things. I just don't do heat. So the summertime oh, is Lord. real. <laughs> Hit or miss for me. I don't Not like the being heat, girl. hot. Girl, the heat. I'm like looking hot or being hot. And my real friends know. Unless you having a hot girl summer. Unless you're having a hot girl summer. I feel I feel you. I'm I'm from Vegas and I'm a Vegas Ooh. girl. So I don't mind being hot so much as I would rather be hot than cold because I hate going to the club or the bar and like in the middle of the summer and being shivering. But I also, okay, so back to one of the things that you said, which uh-huh. is you may not always want to go out, but you always want the invitation. And so that's powerful to me because mm-hmm. I noticed too, the more that I said no to my friends to mm-hmm. going out, the less they invited me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I started feeling some kind of way. Like, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, Well, no, because if I have a a thing and so I'm known in my friend group for having gatherings and parties like that used to be me, like I'm bringing everybody together. Yes. Like that used to be me. And I'm going to invite everybody every single time because I want to have the best time we can have. And I feel like the best time is with everybody. Now, if you can't come, then that's you know, on you, but I'm still going to invite Invite. you. Like, do you think it's okay for your friends to stop inviting you places when, cause you know, you're busy. And, and I can see both sides of it. I think it's not okay to stop inviting them because you never know what people have going on. And for my job, there can be times where I travel a lot, so I can't make some things. Uh, I remember specifically a friend had a birthday in Jamaica and it was while I was going to be away in LA for like 10 days. And I was like, I'm so sorry, I can't make it. But it's like, invite me to the next one. But I can also see, you know how we'll be, we'll be like, she never comes to anything. So there's no point in inviting her. That one time might be the time I surprised you where I'm like, you know what? I just got my nails done, hair done. I'm ready to go out. Call me, let's do it. But I always say, don't assume that I don't want to go. But go into it with an understanding. We're going to a vineyard. It's going to be 97 degrees outside. We're not going to have any covering. Christina probably doesn't want to go, but let me extend the invitation just in case. Just do that. And I'm happy. So I can say, I'm going to respectfully decline because this is not <laughs> this is not the type of situation, nor is it my ministry to be sitting out there melting to death. You know, chocolate melts and I just can't be a part of that. Girl, Stop. <laughs> so this is the last question for the segment Mm -hmm. um because we are so our guests out there um at the tea party that's what i call the sugar-free podcast we're at the tea party so there will be a part two so today's episode is about maintaining real friendships and Mm -hmm. part two with miss christina braxton will be about making real friends Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Making real friends, because that's part two to this conversation. It's like, okay, I have become an adult now. I have all these competing priorities. My friends have these competing priorities. We finally realized that we need to enhance or expand our friendship circles to get all the things that we need from our friendships. So we need to go on ahead and make some new friends. That's Mm -hmm. the second episode. But for the (laughs) last... (laughs) question for today Mm -hmm. I just want to ask you what do you value most 
about your friends and your friendships? Oh, that's going to make, I don't know why that got me emotional as you were asking that because <laughs> it's so interesting. I've never been a part of a friend group. Like, you know, some people have their groups. I've never been a part of that. All of my friends have kind of been sporadic and it's still like that to this day. And I think one thing I admire is that every friendship of those women that are super close to me, it's different. And I enjoy that because they pull out different sides of me, which is really nice. And I think what I value the most is that it feels reciprocated. It feels like on both sides of things, like we are good friends. My best friend in LA, she is like my sister. I feel like we, we this was one that we uh, met on our floor, our freshman year at Howard, and we had been friends since. And she's, she's just one of those people that just gets me. She understands me. We're basically the same person. We can laugh about any and everything. If I send her a funny post, she knows why I send it to her. Like there's something that's there. And I think that's what I admire the most is that the friendship and the love and the energy is reciprocated with each of these friends. And I feel like they actually get me to where if something's wrong, they ask what's going on. How are you? They ask well, I noticed we haven't been talking as much this week as something going on. Like they, they know those types of things. And I think that's hard to come by friends that really care. And especially with me, I struggle with anxiety my whole life. And that's one of those things where anything can set it off to where you're just like, okay, I'm super stressed out this week and I can't even think clearly. And friends will know that real friends will know that. And so I'm happy that I have friends in my life that are like that. And I think I laugh because I think that's because, you know, our moms grow up and they're like, I don't like that girl. She's not, she's not your friend. No. And the ones you can always tell the ones that they actually liked and those that they liked. I'm still friends with to this day. Like it's, it's one of those pieces of intuition that moms have that I think is such a gift that I think passed along to me from my mom, but I've been able to pick some really good women to be in my life and be my friends. And I'm thankful for that because I see how women, I mean, we're talking about it today, but women struggle with friendships and especially those who have always been in relationships and don't really know how to be a friend, like a girlfriend uh, to their friends. And be a sister and be there for them because they've been so consumed in their relationships. So long-winded, but yes. that got to my little heart. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, let me, let me share mine too. Cause yes, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like my friends are probably listening to this and be like, Oh, she's so raggedy. <laughs> 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 so I do want my friends out there to know that my friendships are valuable to me because I feel like I have not lived in the same city as my family since high school. Mm -hmm. My sister lives in California and the rest of my family still lives in Las Vegas. So not only have I not lived in the same city, I haven't lived close, mm -hmm. <laughs> like nowhere mm -hmm. near. If something happens here there's no family member that I can call upon to come help me out. And my friends know that, again, I like to solve problems on my own. I have mm -hmm. a little bit of a selfish region, too, for, for wanting to solve problems on my own, because I'm like, oh, if, if I call somebody, then they might call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. I see. Yeah, yeah. Scratch your back. You scratch mine. I right, see right. Yeah. So I'll be like, ooh, like, like if a friend's moving or something like that, if I'm moving or something like that, my friend will be like, oh, I'll help. No, 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 no. I'm good, nope. girl. I got a moving because, company. Right, because when you move, <laughs> no. Right. I hate moving. Oh, girl, my God. girl. So sometimes I can like keep my friends at a distance in that way sometimes. And I know that about myself and that's something mm -hmm. that I'm working on. But generally, my friends have become my family because mm -hmm. I don't have family in Atlanta. And so, mm -hmm. like I said, if something happens, they're the people that I will call first because I can call my mom, but she can't get to me. Like right. if I need somebody physically present, she can't get to me mm -hmm. in any type of haste. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if something happens. I need somebody. I know that my friends 
will be there for me. And it doesn't right. matter if we talk every day or every week or every month, we can pick up the phone and pick up like we never left off. Right. And for the important things, I hope my friends know that they can do the same for me. Mm-hmm. Like if something happens, you can pick up the phone, you can call me, girl, I'm gonna be there. And so yeah. for my friendships, that has been the greatest value is that they have become part of my extended family over the years. And so even if I'm raggedy, I am, (laughs) I fool, I know it. I'm good with my raggedy, you know, can other folks say the same, but they love me right. Unconditionally in spite of, or Mm -hmm. because of my raggedy. (laughs) Self-reflection is a beautiful thing. Right. And, and they really just become my family and, and rounded that out. And, and I hope that they feel the same way about me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wraps up the F- first episode of the Sugar Free Podcast. Love it. Maintaining real friendships. So when we come back for part two, we will be talking about making real friends. Stay tuned. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mac. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar free. Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try Formally today.